On this episode of Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness, Northland Girls Basketball Head Coach Brian Wheatley steps into the arena with us and talks about how he has built and maintained a championship culture. It starts with character and building relationships. We've got a great podcast, and we're going to get better today. Here we go. All right. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm your host, Tim Lovell, along with Dwayne Mathis. We are excited to have a state championship uh, Northland girls basketball coach Brian Wheatley with us today. He's a middle school teacher up in Northland, also coaches girls basketball, and has done a, a, another over a variety of coaching. We're going to get into that with him. But first off, Coach Wheatley, how are you? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me there, guys. Yeah, we're really excited um, to have you on. You've got a um, you've got a great program you're running up there, and and so before we get into the crux of the podcast today, we'd love to know your background, how you got to be the girls' coach, uh, some of your influencers, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess uh, I'll start. You know how I ended up down here at North Lynn. I grew up in Esterville, Iowa, Northwest Iowa. Um, my high school basketball coach up there was Mike Hilmer, and uh, oh. So yeah, there's uh, that connection there. And uh, he was real young when uh, he took the job up there, obviously, and um, kind of stayed in touch with him when I was in college. I went to college at UNI. Uh, long story short, he took the job down here at North Lynn. Uh, boy, it's been 20 some years ago now, I guess, but uh, he needed an assistant coach at the time and knew I was interested. And uh, I had done my coaching classes real early on in college. And uh, so I interviewed down here and got the assistant boys basketball job. Uh, did that for a year or two while I was still in college and did some driving back and forth a little bit just to make it work. And uh, it just worked out, you know, when uh, when I graduated college, they had a uh, elementary PE job open. So did that for a year and then uh, moved into middle school history. But uh, so I've been here ever since. I, I was a uh, boys assistant for five years. And then uh, the girls' job opened up and uh, saw the opportunity to be a head coach. And uh, like I said, been here ever since and uh, been really fortunate. We love the community and uh, been really lucky to have some, some pretty good players and good teams along the way as well. That's great, Coach. Yeah, if, if Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh, Esterville the mighty midgets? The midgets, you bet. You better believe yeah. it. Yeah, there's only right. like two or three in America or something like that. So. Right. That's that's awesome. So can can you talk about some of the influences in your life and in your coaching style, uh, how that was influenced by the people that were possibly your mentors or, or past coaches? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously, Coach Hilmer um, being my coach in high school and then uh, coaching with him for five years and now, you know, still having him uh, around a lot as our AD and then obviously the boys coach. Um, you know, got a lot of the, the X's and O's and drills and all that stuff uh, from him. Um, so he, he's he's been very helpful. Um, his dad, Bob Hilmer, has helped out at uh, our school the last few years. And even before that, I, I got to know Bob and, um, you know, the winningest, the winningest basketball coach in boys history is not a bad guy to bounce ideas off of. Um, you know, and he's always been real willing to share and, and listen and, and share what he knows, which is uh, uh, way more than most, I think. So. Um, and then just guys you coached against, I think, had a big influence on me early in my career. Um, you know, you kind of come in thinking you know a lot of stuff. And 
when I took the girls' job the year before, uh, we were 0-22. Um, but they had started a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, so I, I figured we could only go up, you know. But uh, I got an education there early. There were some really good teams in our league then. Um, you know, a couple of the early coaches I always remember, Roger Wright up at Edco. Uh, his teams were always well-prepared. And uh, Brian O'Donnell was coaching at Springville at the time. And uh, I learned pretty quick, if you weren't ready to go against those guys, you were going to get it handed to you. So uh, I, I think that really helped. And then uh, and then you just you, you build relationships, you know, and, and current coaches you go against. Uh, Scott Monk's a good friend of mine up at Maquoketa Valley. And uh, we've gone back and forth over the years. And uh, I think when you go against guys that you respect and, and uh, know that they're going to be well prepared and their teams are going to be ready to go, you have to do the same thing. So um those are just a handful that come off the top of my head that, that have been around for a while. And uh, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, you, you can read stuff and look at things. You still got to do what's comfortable for you. Uh, and I think that's one thing we've kind of modified along the way. And uh, every year is a little bit different. But, uh, again, we've just been really fortunate here. We've got great kids and uh, surround ourselves with some good people. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think that's a really important point um, you touched on with regards to being comfortable in your own skin. I, I think there's so much access to information, particularly nowadays, you know, 20 years ago, when we didn't have the internet to, to draw off of. Uh, it, it was probably a little bit easier. Uh, but uh, as you've come along, uh, been in this game for a little while, what, what are the core values, uh, Coach, that you have in your program um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is just we want to have good people, you know, and um, we've been really lucky. We've had over the, the past, you know, 15 or 16 years, however long I've done this, we've had very, very few uh, discipline issues, you know, with our girls. Um, we're, we're getting good kids out in our program. Um, and I think along the way, you know, if, if you can keep the good kids out, it maybe just kind of weeds out the other ones that aren't as serious and uh, you don't really have to deal with it. I guess that's kind of been our situation anyway. Um, the kids just kind of know we're, we're going to come in and we're going to try to do things right. And if that's not for you, then, then that's not for you, you know? Um, so that's the biggest thing, you know, we, we try to have a little bit of fun. We try to find that balance of having fun, but we got to get to work when it's time to get to work. Um, and in one thing too, we, we really try to stress is just the little things, the fundamentals. Um, you know, when you get against some of the better teams in the state, it's not always the plays you're running or the offense or the defense or whatever. It's, it's who's going to do the little things better. Um, and I think that's one thing I, I've really come around on the last few years um, is, is stressing those little things, those little fundamentals, and, and just how they add up, especially in those bigger games. Coach, when you talk about empowering your athletes and coaches, is there certain strategies that you use to do that or what have you, what have you done to implement that in the past and, and continue to do so in the future? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have, we get a lot of input from our kids, you know, what, at the end of every season, we do a couple different uh, evaluations. One of them, they evaluate themselves as a player, you know, their skills, their attitude, uh, their leadership qualities, whatever it may be. Um, and then we, we also do a unit or a anonymous one, I should say, you know, what, what did you like most about practice? What did you like least? Um, you know, what, what were you frustrated about? Is there something we can do better? So we try to give the kids um, some input 
into what what they like, what they don't like, whatever. Um, and then you just kind of get a feel, you know, every year you can pick out some kids and you just kind of go to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed something's might be bothering so-and-so. Can you tell me what's going on? And we've done that over the years. And and uh, you get kids that you can trust and, and you know are going to tell you the truth. And uh, just try to prevent as many problems as you can, I guess, with the team chemistry or attitudes or whatever uh, as you go, you know, instead of uh, letting it fester and build up. What are, what are some of the things that you do, Coach Wheatley, to to build that culture in your program? Um, you know, what are some of the things you, you, you do with your leaders or your coaches to to get where you want to be, to to have that open door, if you will, so they can come talk to you? Honestly, uh, for me, uh, I think a lot of it starts when I have them in class in middle school. Um, mm. You kind of know the kids coming up through that, that are going to be on your team or whatever. And um, that, that's probably an advantage of being at a smaller school. Um, you can be involved a little bit in the youth program. So you get to know the kids in third, fourth grade. And then when I get them in middle school, uh, you just really try to build that with them and, and talk to them about different things. And, and I think that really helps us carry over um, into the high school program. My assistant coach, um, Kevin Gedkin, great guy, great coach. He works in the elementary side of things. Um, so that relationship with him starts even earlier. And I, I just think that has helped, um, you know, as kids get older and they get into high school, they're, they're comfortable talking to us. And, and we know which kids maybe are more comfortable with that role um, before we ever get them in practice. Yeah, they, they understand who you are and they get a year or two to, to really see you in the classroom outside of the, the coaching environment, probably. And well, that's a that's a great teaching ground. And, and what you shared with us with regards to your your leadership program. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit later, uh, but with with regard to those kids that you see, are there certain traits that you have um, that you kind of know? Hey, that's a kid I can lean into, or, or is it a feel process for you? Um, I think it's a, more of a feel than anything. But you know, you can tell the ones that are responsible. You can tell the ones that um, maybe are outgoing enough that they that they're comfortable coming to a coach. Uh, I think a lot of kids, you know, might want to say something or bring up bring up a potential issue, uh, but aren't always sure how to do it. Um, so it's a little bit of a feel. And then I think the kids know that, too. You know, if, if they know something's going on, they can maybe talk to one of the captains or whoever it may be, and they can bring that to us. So it's really not something we designate at the beginning of the year, I guess, like this person and this person are your go-tos. It's just, it just has kind of happened, if that makes sense. Um, again, I think that's more of a small, maybe a small school thing. I shouldn't say for sure, I guess, but uh, the kids know each other really well too. You know, they're, they're in a lot of the same classes, they're in the same hallways. Um, so it's not like the first time they're seeing each other is at practice. So they get to know each other over the years and, and they can kind of get that sense too, you know, who, who can we talk to? Who's, Who's going to be our leaders? Uh, that's one of the questions we ask every year on our uh, anonymous survey for the following year is, is name two or three players you think are good leaders and why. And you see the same names popping up quite a bit almost every year. So uh, and those are the kids we probably would have chose anyway. So that's one of those deals. Um, you know, you just you get the kids thinking about it. And I think that's helped us uh, over the years as well. Well, coach, when you have a leader, I'm, I'm assuming she would be a good leader, but all state player and Nicole Miller in your program. Um, you know, what do you 
what what type of things do those kids on the survey put when they say when they look for in a leader though when you're talking about that anonymous survey um it, it depends you know a lot of it is uh, how they treat the younger players that that comes up a lot um a lot of it is their work ethic you know uh their desire to win you know all those things if, if you got your best player and you know the old saying goes if your best player is your hardest worker you're going to be in good shape. And, and a lot of times that is the case, you know, uh, but like someone like Nicole, she was just kind of a natural leader uh, vocally, um, what she did on the floor, the whole bit. Um, and, and kids saw how hard she worked and how important it was to her. Um, so it, it was it was pretty easy and pretty natural for kids to follow her lead in that case, for sure. Have you uh, have you ever had a coach when uh, and sorry, coach level? Um have you had it to where your best player isn't your hardest worker? And how did you respond to that? Um, honestly, not. I, I don't think I've ever had that situation. You know, usually if if uh, someone's your best player, they, they're that good for a reason. Um, you, you know, there's other kids that might work just as hard as some of our best players or whatever the case may be. But um, I don't think in the past 15 years or however long we've been doing this, I can't say, man, this girl's our best player, but she just didn't work very hard. You know what I mean? Um, the, the, the kids that work hard and, and uh, push themselves, not always are going to be your best players, but usually if they're a good player, like I said, there's, there's a reason they've gotten there. And uh, especially here lately, we've, we've kind of raised the bar and had a really uh, nice run. Um, if you're going to be the best player on our team, it's usually because you've put in a lot of extra hours, um, outside of the season and the other kids know that, you know, they know that that player X or Y or Z or whoever is not just showing up the first day of practice. They know they've been in the gym all summer, all fall, whatever. So, uh, we've been really fortunate. Like I said, and, uh, usually our best players are, are the ones getting kids in the gym and, and they're setting that example, even if it's not vocally, you know, uh, some kids could be really good players. They're just not comfortably in vocal, but they can show that example. You know, I put in thousands and thousands of shots or whatever um, and and lead by example that way, too. So it, it's it's worked both ways. We've had both over the years. Well, Co- Coach, I can tell you that, you know, the reputation that your program has across the board is is pretty pretty broad. Uh, and I say that because I have a seventh grade daughter who plays basketball at Marion. And, um, you know, we've been in tournaments many times and here comes Northland in the maroon and our girls go, oh, man, we got to play Northland. We just hope we can keep it close, you know, and from a coaching standpoint, that's quite a competitive advantage that you've been able to develop uh, in your youth and carrying it into your high school program. And, And that speaks to the legacy that you guys are trying to do starting young. And I guess. I guess that's really kind of taken to my question. Is, is that the answer, you know, to, to get that um, continuity, if you will, in your programs? It's starting it young. Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I, I can't say that that's the only thing. You know, everybody does youth programs. Um, w- one thing we have is, is we have had some really good people the last however many years in the youth program, uh, you know, doing things right. Um, trying to find that balance when they're young of, of teaching, but also teaching a little bit of competitiveness too. Um, and uh, I think another thing that helps us is just access to gyms. Again, this is probably a, a small school type deal. You know, we don't have hundreds and hundreds of, of kids and four or five teams at each grade trying to find a gym. You know, we have one third grade team, one fourth grade team, you know, so on. Um, and 
our facility, our, we're K-12. So we have three full-size gyms in one building. So every night when high school practice is done, and then the youth kids come in, both boys and girls, um, each group's able to get at least two nights a week. And then that's huge. And then if we can stick around and help a little bit, we do. Um, you know, but usually once our season gets going, we just kind of turn it over to the youth coaches and uh, let them run with it. We, we run some tournaments there to get our kids some games. And uh, so at times we use some of those funds to help pay for other tournaments. So we're trying to, to make it accessible to parents where their kids can play and they don't have to spend a ton of money and, and run all over the place. Now, of course, some choose to do some of the AAU and all that stuff, which is great. Um, but even if they, they don't choose to go that route, they have plenty of opportunities just within our uh, youth program to get in the gym and, and hopefully try to get better. Well, that's great that you're able to provide those opportunities to the kids that are, are coming up in your programs and, and are in your community. Um, can you talk about the important lessons that you've learned during your time as a, as an assistant and as a head coach? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I always tell this story when, uh, my last year as a boys assistant, I was also the JV coach and we had a really good varsity team and we also had a really good group of sophomores and none of them got moved up. They all stayed and played JV, uh, which is pretty rare. Usually, uh, if we got some sophomores that can play, they get pulled up. But that year, uh, we happened to have a good group of upperclassmen as well. So, uh, we really had a successful year in JV and, and, and kind of put it to people all season. And, um, you know, I was thinking I was pretty smart, pretty good coach. And I was probably 24, 25 years old or whatever. And, uh, so I thought, man, I'm running all these cool lobs and all this and that. And when I take over the girls, we're just going to be, it's going to be money, you know, and get to that first practice and our fundamentals just weren't there. Like, we were not catching the ball and we couldn't dribble. And I thought I went home that night. I thought, Holy crap, you know, what am I, what am I getting myself into here? But, uh, you learn pretty quick that, that your players are going to do the bulk of the work for you. Um, and then that goes back to my, what I said earlier about us preaching fundamentals, you know, you can have the greatest plays and sets and all this stuff in the world, but if you don't have the fundamentals to go with them, uh, they're, they're not going to do you much good. So, um, I think that was one lesson I learned real early as a head coach, um, that, that you better have your fundamentals in order the best you can. And, uh, I think that's something I've kind of carried with me from there. And then the other thing, and, uh, you learn pretty quick too, is being the head coach, you have a lot of other responsibilities. It's not just showing up for practice and going to the games or whatever. And, uh, I, I think a lot of young coaches kind of struggle with that stuff. And uh, not even the pressures of parents or the community, but just the uh, you got to fill out this form to get your kids recognized for an award. And you got to make sure you get the stats put in and you got to get the newspaper. And if you forget to do some of that stuff, you know, your kids might not get recognized or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's where you might uh, draw a little more criticism or whatever, too. So um, just finding a way to manage all that stuff, I guess, early on was, was kind of an issue. Uh, it's just one of those things you, you really got to pay attention to and, and devote the time to do some of that extra stuff that goes along with it. So, uh, you were obviously a young coach and you learned, uh, you learned a hard lesson right away when you took over that, that program. What, what's the advice that you would give to a young coach looking to jump into coaching? You know, um, you know, what are, what are the things that you look for in coaches that you hire? You know, maybe it's been a while, but what are, what's something that you, something that you would want um, an individual to have. Yeah. And it has been a while. And that's one thing I think too, we've been fortunate with is we've been able to keep a lot of continuity within our staff, but 
Um, I, I think the biggest thing when you're getting into it, or even if you've been into it for a while, is is you can't think that you know everything. And you got to be willing to listen to other people. Um, you got to be willing to do your research. You got to be willing to adapt and change, you know, if, if necessary. Um, I, I guess, you know, don't be so stubborn and, and don't be so set in your ways. Um, you, you may not change, but it doesn't ever hurt to listen to anybody or to somebody else who does it differently. You know, and that's that's one thing. Uh, my assistant coach, Kevin Gedkin, and uh, him and I don't always agree on everything. But uh, one thing I always appreciate about him is he's always bringing up different ideas. Hey, should we try this? What about this? What about this? Uh, most of the time, he'd probably tell you, tell you I ignore him. <laughs> but uh, uh, he, he's always given a different perspective. And uh, I think that really helps me to not just get so locked in. We're just going to do it this way. And that's the way it is. So um, I think you got to be willing to listen to other people and, and expand your thinking. And uh, there's a million ways to do it. You know, whatever sport you're looking at, there's a million different philosophies and whatever. Um, do your research. But uh, again, you know, do what do you think is right. But be open to listen to other people and, and you're going to pick up some good ideas along the way. So, Coach, uh, you know, and, and I'm not trying to I know you guys want to say championship this year. And, and uh, you know, I apologize for not knowing uh, you know, if this was your first one or, or second one or, um, but, uh, the bigger question that I have is, you know, how do you keep your team hungry to get back there? You know, I think that's always one of the biggest challenges is, you know, to get there, but then how do you stay there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was our first one. Um, we were runner up in 2015. Um, you know, with this particular group of kids, we had five seniors. And uh, three of the four years they were in high school, we made it to the state tournament. Uh, the first two times we qualified, we got beat out in the first round. So this was kind of the last go around with this group this year. And, um, you know, they really wanted to get past that first round down at the state tournament. And uh, we had a tough game in round one. We were trailing going into the fourth quarter. Uh, ended up pulling out a five or six point win, something in there. And uh, after that, you just kind of thought the weight was just kind of lifted off their shoulders. And the, the next couple games played really loose. And uh, had a pretty good size comeback in the semifinals. Uh, pretty crazy game there, but they just kept fighting. They kept believing and then uh, played really well there in the state championship. But I, I don't think keeping kids hungry is an issue, honestly. Um, like I look at next year, uh, one thing a lot of our kids put on their end of the season evaluation that we had to do online this year rather than face to face, of course. But uh, was was prove people wrong. You know, we're losing mm -hmm. five seniors. Four of them started. Uh, the fifth one came off the bench for us. So, you know, five of our top eight or whatever uh, are gone and uh, a good majority of our scoring is gone and all that stuff. But uh, we had some really good kids on the JV team and uh, our incoming freshman group is pretty strong, but they uh, they just want to keep it going. It's like it's their turn, you know, and I think every team is a little bit different, even if you only lose one or two players. Um, you know, there's new kids stepping into different roles and um, you know, each group just kind of wants to make their own mark and, and keep things going the best they can. So is it safe to say that this next year's team may have a little chip on their shoulder? Cause maybe there's going to be teams that are thinking that, uh, you know, Northland basketball isn't going to be the, the same as it was, uh, this past season with so many, you know, seniors that the part of the program. Oh, I think so. And, and, you know, we quite honestly, we won't be the same, you know, there's, there might be some growing pains and things like that, but, um, the, the kids we have coming up, they've put in a lot of time as well. And, uh, I, I think they're really excited to, to, uh, see how our new group kind of fits together and who's going to take which roles. 
and that kind of thing. Um, that'll be one thing that'll be different for us next year. You know, with those uh, seniors we had this year, a lot of them played since they were freshmen or sophomores. So we kind of knew what we had every year. And um, this year will be a little bit different. I think the kids are excited and, and they're going to, they're going to do the best they can. Um, you know, they're going to play hard. That's another thing we preach like crazy. You have to play hard uh, no matter what it is. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to come out and, and, and try to prove to people that, uh, they can keep this going a little bit and, and, uh, we're excited for it. I, uh, you know, hopefully we can get in the gym here sometime soon, but, uh, if not, you just got to adapt and do the best you can. You know, everybody's in the same boat with this off season, you know? So, uh, that's kind of been our message to the kids right now, you know, through our emails and things like that is, um, not being able to get in the gym right now is not an excuse because nobody can. So if, if we're going to, continue to get better. We got to find ways to do it on our own here, at least for a little while. Yeah. And that's really where you're going to see, you know, where the cream rises to the top. I think this, you know, this fall and in this winter, you know, with those kids that have decided to make that commitment uh, real quick, coach, you, you've coached boys, you've coached girls. Talk about the differences, similarities uh, in your experience with dealing with both of them. Yeah. I, you know, on the boy and the uh, boys side, it's been a while since I've coached high school boys. Uh, I do some junior high stuff right now, which is which is a lot of fun. Junior high football and, and junior high baseball. Um, you know, differences. I there's there's some differences, sure. Um, you, it, I think it still comes down to the kid. You know, each kid, whether it's a boy, girl, or whatever, is is going to respond differently to to different ways to motivate them or, or ways to talk to them. Um, again, I think that's just comes down to knowing your kids, you know, uh, this kid, you, you can maybe challenge a little bit and this kid, you just got to pull aside and, and just talk to them or whatever the case may be. So, um, I, and some, some people will probably disagree with that. And there, there are some differences I'm sure. Um, but again, I think it comes down to a lot more of the individual kid more so than boy, girl, or, or whatever. So coach, one of the things that we've, kind of gotten into and and always kind of as we as we wrap up talk to coaches that or people in leadership roles is you know are you reading anything out there have you read something that had a profound impact on you or you or you feel that uh you know some of our listeners should you know definitely uh, uh check out yeah i'll be honest i'm not a huge reader of books uh <laughs> I guess the, the one book that I have read, though, that uh, I really, I really enjoyed, and I thought it had a great message, was uh, the Sacred Acre, the, the Ed Thomas story. Um, you know, whether you're a football guy or not, I think there's a lot of things in there that you can really uh, put into practice. But uh, most of my reading now is is just online articles and things like that. Um, you, you know, you can say what you want about social media, and there's a whole another side to it. But if you use it in the right way. Uh, man, there's a lot of good stuff out there on Twitter and, and things like that. If you follow the right coaches and um, talk to the right people and they can point you in the right direction. So I got a, I got a pretty extensive list there. Um, you know, just basketball things that you follow that, uh, that I enjoy every day. Um, you know, just checking to see if there's any new content on there. And um, that's one thing, you know, with this whole quarantine, it's, it's given you time to look at some of that stuff. So um, Tim, I think we talked about that the other day when you called, uh, you know, we expect kids to get better all the time, you know? So th I think right now, especially with all this time, it's a good time for coaches to get better too, and, and read some new things and, uh, find some online clinics or, or whatever the case may be, um, to, to try to get better and, and gain a couple things along the way that can help you out. 
I think that speaks volumes um, that your willingness, you know, your willingness to do that. And I guess that gets me right into that kind of that last thing we want to get into you or get in with you is, is your character, your leadership program that you guys have developed up there in, in your middle school and, and how you see that translating uh, to the kids moving into the high school. Yeah, it's a, it's a program that we started oh, a few years back in, in our middle school and all the kids get it as part of uh, an exploratory course. Um, you know, they, they start out in elementary with the character count stuff. And uh, then in, in middle school, they have a chance. It's a 12-week course uh, that just talks about different aspects of character and uh, how that can apply not only, you know, to them as a, as a person, but as a student, uh, if they're in any athletics or any extracurricular activities. So, I think it's just another way to to give kids the message that it's important not only to to do your best in things, but to be a good person on top of it. And uh, usually, good things happen to good people and, and people that are doing things right. So um, that, that that's one message I think it's important that kids get across the board, not just when basketball starts or football starts or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I think that that's one thing that can really help your uh, program as a whole and uh, community as a whole. If uh, kids keep hearing that message over and over again, um, just the importance of being a good person. Yeah, great programs have great people. I think uh, I think we certainly understand that. So, so coach, as uh, as a basketball coach, you know, I'm I'm sure you've had to check out the Last Dance, haven't you, on ESPN? Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. That's uh, at our house. Everybody lights go off. Everybody's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty incredible. Going back to you know guys our age, that's you grew up with that team and uh, seeing some of the stuff that they did, and uh, I'm sure you guys watched last night. But I thought uh, one thing that was cool for for kids maybe in today's day and age uh, when they talked about when the Bulls hired Phil Jackson and they were going to change the offense and they had to go to Michael and ask him to you know get the ball out of his hands a little bit you know, and, and involve the team a little bit. So there you have the best player ever. Uh, sorry to LeBron people, but best player ever <laughs> um, that uh, was willing to set aside some of his own personal goals because he knew it would help the team. So uh, I thought that was a, a really cool method that came out of that program uh, last night there. Uh, 100% agree with you. And I think the other piece that, that struck me as a football coach, it hit me, but I love the application to basketball was the weight room and the difference in taking that program to the next level. And um, talking with Coach Collum, um, I'm sure you're you're you you're a part of it, but it sounds like up there at North Lynn, you guys have a really nice program that you guys have put together for your athletes uh, to to get their uh, to maximize their talent, I should say, uh, through the weight room and uh, sports specificity a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and uh, we we have a pretty good setup. You know, I know you guys had Coach Van Etten on uh, earlier, um, and uh, he has a big part in that. We we hired uh, Coach Brendan Schott. He's our head wrestling coach. He's in there a lot. Um, and then uh, our kids have an opportunity to do an early bird PE class uh, three days a week where they go in uh, before first hour starts, and they get one period to lift weights. And then their other period is they can work on a sport, they can shoot, they can hit off the tee, they can do whatever. Coach Hilmer uh, teaches PE and was able to kind of get that started. So that really helped us, uh, especially during basketball season. We got so caught up sometimes in preparing for games or whatever that uh, honestly there's been years where we've kind of neglected the weight room a little bit. 
So this uh, early bird PE program allows us the kids to lift and then we can just practice basketball. So uh, for us and the kids that take advantage of it, it, it's, it's been a great thing across the board for our athletes. Yeah. Because if everyone's using it, everyone's getting the benefit of it. And that, and that's the joy of it and takes it off your plate. I can't, I can't think of a better way to implement a program like that. That's phenomenal. Coach, we're, we're super honored that you, you took time with us today. If people are listening and they, and they want to reach out to you, what, what are a couple ways or what's the best way for someone to get, get in touch with you? Um, just have them go uh, to Twitter. It's at links GBB. And I'm sure that'll be on there uh, when you guys post this. So mm -hmm. um, that that's the easiest way. And then uh, if anybody wants to chat any further, that, that would be great. But uh, that, that's uh, an easy way to get a hold of me if needed there. You got it. You got it. Well, as we wrap up, coach, if, is there anything that you think we haven't covered today um, that you would you think would be important for, for people hearing you uh, to walk away with? Yeah, no, I mean, and just kind of wrap up what we've said, uh, you know, first of all, you, you got to have good people around you, um, you know, and if you're fortunate enough to get into a great spot, do do everything you can uh, to build up the community and, and keep the community involved, which we, we've been able to do that here. And we have great community support, um, you know, ask for people to help. You know, uh, one example, we run our uh, youth tournaments and we have a ton of volunteers throughout the day and uh, you, you can't do it by yourself. You know, you need people to help you. You need volunteers. And I think that uh, even if it's a little role, you know, at a tournament or whatever, um, it, it gives people a little bit of pride, a little bit of ownership in your program. And um, I, I think that's another thing that's that's really helped us up here um, to keep keep it going what we have right now. Well, you certainly have it going and, and we wish you the best of luck as you as you move into this. Uh, I guess summer program, uh, fall, we don't know what the fall is going to look like, but, uh, thanks so much for, for jumping on with us today, coach Wheatley. We're, we're certainly better because of, uh, the time that you spent with us today. I've got a page of notes. I can't wait to go through. Um, and, uh, we are better because coach Wheatley of Northland high school spent, spent some time with us today. Thanks coach for being with us. You bet. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks coach. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are honored that you chose to spend your time with us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform where you find your favorite podcasts. Let's keep chasing life, leadership, and greatness in all that we do. Have a great rest of your day.